Hello, I'm Martin. And I'm Angelina. And this is the CX Cast. Today, we are joined once again by Rick Parrish, who is VP Research Director of CX. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Hey, everybody, good to be here. Love to have you. We're talking about 2023 CX predictions today. Now, Forrester has a certain way of doing predictions. We don't just like to throw out ideas. We like to make it measurable. We have usually some good research that is indicating where we're trending. So Rick's team has been working on quite a few predictions for 2023, and we're going to talk through the good, the bad, and the hopeful. Rick, overall, what are your impressions of 2023? How's it looking? 2023 is going to be a real opportunity for an inflection point for CX programs because there were some rough spots in 2022. Our data shows that companies lost their focus on customers, of course, amid continually rising customer expectations. And we all know that the economy is pretty turbulent. It was last year. It's going to continue to be this year. But that's not just doom and gloom. There's opportunities here for CX programs to excel. And we know that a number of them are going to, when things are kind of up in the air like this, this is when companies are looking for new ideas, big ideas. This is where the opportunities are. I think we've put together a list of really measurable quality predictions that we can look for in 2023. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to look back and see where we really nailed it and then see also where hopefully you all out there in CX land have looked at our predictions and maybe decided you want to be on the winning side of a prediction rather than on the losing side of a prediction and did some things you might otherwise not have done. Our very first prediction in the world of being not doom and gloom and positive is, what is it, one in 10 CX teams will disappear? So let's let's start with that one. Where's the positive spin in that story? So we're saying one in five CX teams is going to disappear, but one in 10 is going to be stronger than ever. Here's what we mean. There are essentially two variables, really, when you, when you boil it all down, that go into this prediction. First of all, you have to be able to prove the ROI of your work as a CX program. Now, that's always been important. However, with relatively strong economy, strong corporate earnings, et cetera, a lot of companies were willing to accept the sort of hand-waving that a majority of CX programs are able to provide in terms of ROI. Our data shows that over half of CX programs are unable to prove the ROI of everything they do. Now, when the economy gets rougher and budgets start getting cut, it's the less than half of CX programs that really can prove the ROI of their work that are in the best position here. That's one variable. Can you or can you not prove the ROI of everything you're doing? Now, the other variable here is, is providing a great customer experience core to your brand or not? We estimate that providing a great customer experience is core to the brand and about 20% of brands. Now, that's not saying that they actually achieve it yet, just that it's a central sort of value to their brand. Now, those CX teams that can prove the ROI of their work and exist within brands for which providing great CX is a core value, they are the CX teams that are in the best position to come away from 2023 with a greater scope of work, greater budget, greater influence, greater level of strategic impact throughout the company. Those are the biggest winners. The sort of second tier 
is those CX teams that can prove the ROI of their work, but may work at a company for which providing great CX is not as central to the brand because they have the numbers and ideally the data storytelling skills, et cetera, to be able to convince the brand that in rough times when you need to really maximize the loyalty of the customers you have, you'll have the numbers to prove that your CX team can help the company do it. Those two groups I just mentioned, that's that one in 10, hopefully more than one in 10, that really come away from 2023 as big winners. So you can literally self-assess yourself against this on almost a kind of two by two matrix of how critical is CX, how well can we prove the value of CX? That's right. You absolutely can. It's easy to think that CX teams in brands for which great CX is a core value, it's easy to think that those teams are the ones that are most likely to also be able to prove ROI. That's not necessarily the case. Oftentimes we find it's the CX teams in the brands that don't have great CX as a core value that have the best ROI data because they're the ones who've had to fight for the budget and for the influence, et cetera, rather than the brands who are taking it out of faith. And so it is worth looking at those two variables. If you don't have that ROI capability yet, you can get it. If you can build it within the first few months of the year, and you can, you can go from being potentially in one of those less successful categories. I'd love for folks out there in CX land to say, I'm going to be one of those one in 10 that come out stronger than ever. And by the end of the year, we find out it's half or stronger than ever because they've looked at our prediction and they've said, I'm going to jump on this. What does it look and feel like to have CX as part of your brand? Well, it looks like a lot more than just mentioning customers at your annual all hands meeting or something like that. It means having a focus on customers consistently in your corporate strategy documents, talking about it in important venues like investor calls. These calls are quick. You know, what does your CEO choose to spend 10 minutes talking about? For example, there's one bank we were looking at recently that, you know, they, on their website, they got all the usual things and you're going to say about customers and such, but you look at their annual investor reports, what they're telling to the street, what's in their real corporate strategy documents. It's all about crowing over what real estate they've divested from in the past year and stuff like that. They put in new sprinkler systems. They spent several minutes on their investor call talking about sprinkler systems. That is not a company that has a great customer experience that's central to the brand regardless of what the website looks like. You're kind of straying into another one of the predictions, which is CX differentiation will erode in three-fourths of industries. It seems to be a very linked concept. So where's the good news in that one? Is that the 25% of industries that will thrive? Right. We're saying CX differentiation is going to erode in three-fourths of industries. It doesn't seem like there's a good news story there, but there is. When we say CX differentiation is eroding, what we mean is in our customer experience index, you know, our big annual benchmark of hundreds of companies in 13 countries around the world, we measure their CX quality on a scale from zero to 100. And we have seen over the past few years, primarily in North America, but we're starting to see it elsewhere as well, the point spread in each industry getting narrower. So for example, right now in the US, 75% of brands are within plus or minus five points of the overall average. And this year in 2023, we're going to see an inflection point. This trend is going to go global in a big way. The point spread in three-fourths of industries is going to decline. So where are the winners here? The winners are in the lower performing brands. Because what's going on here, why is the point spread narrowing? Lower performing brands are making real 
incremental progress on CX quality by fixing basic problems, filling the potholes, while higher performing brands are stuck, in some cases declining, and in a few cases improving, but at a slower rate. So if you are at a lower performing brand, chances are you're creeping up on the industry leaders. And that's good news for you because that means your customers are less and less likely to leave you because there's less differentiation between you and the higher performing brands. And that's a good news story. Does it also mean that the high performing brands need to do less to differentiate? It's easier to just take that one little step and differentiate further if there's a sea of mediocrity around you. It's actually trickier for higher performing brands to differentiate because they've done the easy stuff. They've fixed the potholes. What they need to do now is they need to make those big strategic moves. They need to try bold things, bold, truly differentiating strategies rather than just continually trying to find other little fires to put out. They're mostly out. And that's why they're stuck because they've struggled to find those big differentiating things. And 2023 can be the year in which they do that. When people are nervous, when people are looking for something new, when people are trying to find a way to navigate turbulence, that can be the time, if you play your cards right, when companies' leadership is open to bold new ideas. And so this could be the year when those top performing companies come up with the next really big new systemic transformation. It's funny you say that because, yes, on the one hand, we've got to make big changes. On the other hand, we're seeing brands take a bit of a tumble right now. And you had actually have a prediction around proactive service recovery. That came out before the Southwest Airlines situation that we're in losing thousands of consumers' luggage, they would have probably used this prediction, maybe are getting it a moment too late. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got to this focus on PSR and how it'll override strategy in CX work? Sure. So what we're seeing here is that for most CX programs, working on, on developing and socializing CX strategies has been the sort of center of gravity of what they've been doing for a while now. Not, it's not everything they've been doing. They're doing other stuff too, but it's, it's sort of in orbit around that. And we're predicting that this year, proactive service recovery is going to overtake strategy, CX strategy work as the center of gravity. By proactive service recovery, what we mean is identifying a problem in the experience and fixing it before the customer complains, or ideally before the customer even notices. Of course, you know, Angelina, one of the classic examples is a sort of airline example where if your flight's canceled, the first thing you hear about it is when your airline pings you and tells you they've already rebooked you on the next flight. It's also possible to be too proactive. One of our colleagues, Christine McAllister, tells a story about how an airline that did this to her was pinging her on all kinds of different channels, really raising her, her anxiety over the fact that her flight's departure time changed from 10.15 to 10.15. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> Apparently it changed by some seconds and it caused a bunch of systems to want to update her, but it was still 10, 15. Maybe eight seconds matters for navigation or something, but not for telling your consumers. The point is, this is going to be the center of gravity of CX work for a lot of teams this year because consumers, they want it fixed now for them. Again, ideally before they've even noticed that it's a, that it's a problem. They don't want to provide feedback on a problem that happened. And then you go ahead and fix it six months from now for someone else. This is one of those ways that consumer expectations are evolving. 
and there are there are lots of technologies around you know journey orchestration and real time sorts of things that are finally getting mature enough to make this sort of thing scalable. As important as CX strategy work is, and of course we all know how important it is, it can lock CX teams into a sort of talk and cajole sort of mode. And when proactive service recovery becomes the center of gravity of your work, it's much more operational. It's much more about the doing of things, making things happen. That's been something a lot of CX teams have been missing for years. And it's going to be positive, not, of course, just for customers, but I think for the the work that CX teams do and showing the positive contributions they make to their companies as well. You mentioned technology, which is interesting. Let's come back to the technology, because you can't do all of these things you're talking about without a stable technology platform, quite an advanced technology platform, but also people, skills, journey mapping, data, design, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got a prediction that says, what, three-fourths of teams or four-fifths of teams, I think it is, will lack these critical skills. So clearly that's bad news for the teams, but it's probably good news if you're a data scientist or a journey mapper. That's right. We're predicting that four out of five CX teams are going to lack these critical skills. Design, especially things like accessible design or responsible design, data, and journey skills, journey orchestration, et cetera. Some of the more advanced journey skills beyond simple, basic poster board journey mapping. Although we need to see more of that too. So yeah, as, as you say, not great for CX teams, great for people who have those skills because those people are the hottest commodity in the CX world right now. So if you have those skills, you're in a really good position for your career in 2023. And if you don't have those skills, knowing that your team needs them, you're in a good position to ask your management for resources to help you learn those skills. If you don't have them, get them. And if you do have them, you're already in a good position from a career perspective this year. I see a lot of more junior folks with these skills that feel like they're sort of being blocked by more senior CX leaders who have had a certain way of setting the strategy. And I think this is also a message to senior leaders to look at the skills coming in and maybe have that adapt their strategy a little bit as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Not every CX team is going to be hiring, of course, this year, but there's an opportunity for you to grow your own people's skills, which is great for your team and, and great for them. Now, of course, whenever we talk about that, sometimes somebody will sort of confidentially come to us on the side, some CX leader and say, look, I get it, but I'm worried if I help my people build these skills, I'm worried they're going to leave, to which our response is always help them grow their careers provide them with a quality employee experience, you're going to get an engaged employee who's likely to stick around, who's providing their best value to the company. This is a win-win. I mean, yeah, you know, if you help them learn a new skill and have a bad employee experience, yeah, they're probably going to go somewhere else. So what's your choice? Treat them badly anyway and not let them learn anything? What are we doing here, you know? Stagnation is what we want, 2023. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, we're putting a lot on, on these CX leaders, be better leaders, but also we have the final prediction here, which is an opportunity to arm them with technology. There's a lot happening in the technology space, a lot of acquisitions. Is this a good thing for CX leaders where the market's heading on CX technology? So we're predicting that one third of point solution CX tech providers is going to get acquired by the big platform players. And when we say point solution providers, we mean companies that 
that offer a single specialty product or service, just a design tool, just a chat bot, just a survey tool, something like that. This is something that's been happening for a while now. There's been a, an uptick in M&A activity here over the past couple of years, but 2023 is going to be a real inflection point here. Those platform players need to try to differentiate from each other by gathering the most best in class, different stuff they can have together into one platform because companies want that. More and more companies are saying, I don't want to have to buy the best kind of this tech from over here and the best kind of tech from over there. I want to write one check and I want it all to work together. And that's what these platform companies are going for. The other factor that makes this a big boost in 2023 is that given the rough economy, the price is going to be right for acquiring a lot of these smaller point solution companies. And so this is good news if you are one of the many companies that wants to write one check for best in class stuff. Now, there are some companies who don't want to just buy an all in one. They want to buy a little of this. They want to buy a little of that. For example, if their CX program or their company in general isn't yet mature enough to use all of that whiz-bang technology. So if you're one of those companies, don't feel like you're making a bad decision by wanting to pick and choose. That's what's right for you. But for those companies that do want to write one check for a lot of different stuff, they're going to have better opportunities than they've ever had to do that. Now, it's not going to be completely hurdle-free. Integration can be a factor with these acquisitions. Sometimes these growing platform companies can struggle with their own relationship management, their own client experience, but the upside is really there if you're one of these companies who hasn't been able to get one integrated solution. At first, we get briefed by a lot of these vendors, and what I've observed is CX leaders are in a strong position to talk about what they like and don't like in terms of features, in terms of the relationship. These vendors are always looking for the customer that like really leans in. So, you know, whether you're working with a smaller vendor or a larger vendor, there's an opportunity to be an active participant in where the product's heading. In fact, we've lost analysts to vendors because it's such an interesting space right now. There's so much going on there. And, and there's a lot of really kind of sci-fi capabilities going on and things like that that are really cool. Of course, like we said, you know, there are plenty of companies that simply are not yet there in terms of needing it or being able to use it, even if they had it. But there are more and more companies that are getting there. And it's great that these capabilities are, are out there and becoming more and more integrated for these companies. Thank you, Rick, for giving us that tour of our CX predictions. As Angelina said at the top, you can find Forrester's predictions on forrester.com forward slash predictions, or just Google it. I'm sure you'll find them. Thank you again to Rick for joining us. Great to be here. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at forrester.com or message us on Twitter at cx underscore cast. As always, you can find us at www.thecxcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.